0: Welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Cleantechnica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com.
1: We're here for another episode of Cleantech Talk. I'm Zach Shahan, the CEO of Cleantechnica. And today we're talking with Amanda Hall, CEO of Summit Nanotech. We are talking about one of our favorite topics here, which is EV batteries and specifically the lithium that goes into them. Summit Nanotech is a Canadian-based lithium extraction company. Just recently raised quite a bit of money. I wouldn't mind raising that much money myself, but I'm sure in this industry, in lithium extraction, it must go pretty fast. But to start with, can you just give us an introduction on who you are, who Summit Nanotech is? And then from there, I don't even have to step in. You could just give us a bit of your your take on the the lithium market today. What's the sort of status of the lithium market today, globally and in North America?
0: Absolutely. So good morning, everyone. I'm Amanda Hall, uh, CEO and founder of Summit Nanotech. Uh, we have developed a sustainable lithium extraction process. And sustainable can mean many things to many people. But in particular, we focused on low water use, low energy use, and bringing down our greenhouse gas emissions, as well as reducing waste production and reagent use. So we kind of attacked the sustainability aspect of an extraction process from lots of different angles. We're deploying the technology, into the brine space. So lithium mining happens in hard rock or brine. We don't deal with the hard rock, hard rock mining. We work with brine miners in South America. And so the technology can be used to pull lithium out of brine, which is salt water. And we also do an improvement on yield. So we get double the yield compared to conventional processes. So, so the technology is working great. It's piloting right now in Chile. We have six pilot partners and it's going quite well. I'm a geophysicist. And so I look at the mining problem for battery metals as something that we need to really approach delicately as stewards of the earth and of, as humans who want a, a better future. We can't just start ripping up the ground and making batteries without putting a lot of thought into doing it sustainably and doing it well. And so that's what our company focuses on. I can go
1: so, directly I, into the market. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. step in before we go to the broader okay. market. Yeah, so just to, uh, just to make sure that we're on the same page. So you you're just focused on extraction, right? You're not involved in any of the processing side of the. And right now, you said you're focused on South America. Do you have your arms in North America at all, or or elsewhere? Is it fully focused on South America for now? And what specific <clears throat> countries there?
0: Okay, so yeah, in South America, we work in Chile and Argentina. And that process will make a lithium carbonate end product. So battery grade lithium carbonate, which then goes to cathode manufacturers. Alternatively, we have a lithium hydroxide process, which is similar technology to the lithium carbonate process, but it it works with a different feedstock. And so the feedstock that we're working with comes from the USA and it's clay. So so we're in both North America and South America, but using two different technologies and making two different products.
1: Great. So yeah, I have a lot of questions, but let's just start with a big overview. What's your kind of big picture view of the lithium market today? I guess going back maybe a few years, going forward a few years, sort of the, the trend as well a bit.
0: Yeah. When I started the company five years ago, the price of lithium was $6,000 a tonne and our economics were you know they were tight but they worked back then today it's closer to anywhere from 30 to 60,000 dollars a ton and so our economic margins are a lot bigger which means that we have more room to make mistakes as we grow our technology and get to mar- to commercial scale the market is wildly growing as everyone knows i think we are at about 400,000 tons per year right now and we need to get 10 times that by 2030 and even more, like I think the prediction is 5.5 million tons per year by 2040. So the demand for lithium is just climbing, 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 but bringing on new mines and expanding existing production facilities is a very slow process. And so one of the things that technology companies like mine can do, and we're considered DLE, direct lithium extraction, The thing that DLE can do is get product to market faster and a really high quality product to market faster compared to traditional processes. So we're really working hard to scale the technology and get to commercialization as quickly as we can, but we're still two years away from having a commercial scale process.
1: I'm sure those higher margins help you to just move fast without the risk of, oh, if we move too fast or we make this mistake, we'll die. Uh, so you have, uh, you know, I guess it's often viewed in a sort of negative light uh, broadly. It's like, oh, the prices have gone too high, but it actually is very helpful at this stage of the market. It seems to get companies like yours, a lot of other companies and mines, scaling up without, you know, being too cautious or trying to, yeah. or or just making a wrong step and falling off a cliff. But yeah. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, we've past few years when we've talked to lithium experts like Simon Moore from Benchmark Minerals or. The RK Equity guys, Howard Klein and Rodney Hooper, different people from different extraction or processing companies. This story sort of seems to always be the same, which is that yeah, there's a lot of lithium in the world, ton of it, but the EV market is growing fast, faster than people expected, than most people expected. I would say. About, about what most clean technica readers expected, because we were always extra bullish and seen yeah. as, you know, <laughs> seen as rosy-eyed uh, idealists. But I, I think we, we've, a lot of our readers and writers could sort of judge what was going to happen correctly. But the challenge that I started spotting a few years ago was that, like you said, it takes a long time to set up a mine. I've been told five to seven years sort of being optimistic. It takes, you know, you have to have secure agreements, not just, yeah, we want to buy this much lithium, but like, money has to be put down and automakers and battery companies are not necessarily willing to put down money eight years in advance for a mine that they need in 2030 or 10 years in advance or whatever. So there's been this challenge of, okay, yes, we're growing fast. The lithium extraction market is growing fast, but by the end of the decade, we're going to have a serious crunch, supply demand crunch. If we continue to see kind of exponential demand growth and not enough early investment in mining extraction. So mm-hmm. where does, where I assume you, you, you're even nodding. So I think you, you see the story the same way, but where does that make, where do you fit into that then? What's your role in helping to solve that problem? I think I have a picture of it, but I'd love to hear it from yeah. you to make sure that I'm not misunderstanding what I've read so far.
0: Okay. So our, our stance is that we're raising capital to get to commercial scale. And so we're bringing on investors as partners that are paying for the scaling of the technology. So we just raised 50 million US but it costs me 20 million to make a demo unit customers. So the lithium mining companies who would use our technology, they're hesitant to invest large amounts of capital in a technology that's unproven. And so they don't wanna take that risk. So me, my company and my investors were the ones taking the risk to scale the technology once it's commercial scale, though, the returns on our investment are fantastic. Yeah, great returns on the investment. So ideally, we end up giving the investors back 10x their their capital that they put into the company, at least, and everyone goes home happy. And the and then the lithium mining companies get the technology, and EVs start flying off the production line. So that's my rosy view of the future using our yeah. tech and every vehicle. I want every electric vehicle. To have green summit nanotech lithium in their batteries, yes. because I think it's important to recognize in the supply chain where our resources are coming from.
1: Yeah, we've got to do it right now, not to try to fix it later. I think. Well, yes. I, the ten x ten x is you know sounds like well that's a big number, but I think w- the core of it comes down to what your your company shared with us on email, which is that your technology, your direct lithium extraction technology (DLE) has the potential to reduce production time from 18 months to one day. That's Mm -hmm. 18 months, not days to one day. So I'd like to hear it, just understand that better. And that you use 26 times less land than traditional lithium production with brine ponds. So those are the big, like the 10 X number is big, but clearly that's because of these. And I'm just, I'm super curious. Like what is, Mm -hmm. what's behind that? How, how, how is it that much better? And yeah, anything else around those numbers? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Most of our investors are impact investors, meaning they want their money to go towards clean technology and a clean energy future, which is fantastic because that's what we're doing. So the technology works in a way that allows us to flip the existing process on its head. So right now they pull brine out of the underground wells. They're about 200 meters deep. So it's not coming from ponds. It's, it's below the ponds. That's where the lithium's coming from. And then they put the brine into evaporation ponds and they let impurities precipitate out over 18 months. And then at the very end, they have lithium in solution. It's about a 6% lithium solution. And they take that to a refinery and turn it into a technical grade lithium carbonate, and then transport that to Asia for conversion to something like a cathode or an electrolyte. So we do the opposite from the ground. We take the brine out from underground. We pull the lithium out first and we put everything that's not lithium back underground. And so in that process, we're using, first of all, it's faster, it's rapid. It's one day instead of 18 months, we're using less water, less energy. We're using fewer reagents. So we don't have to transport reagents to site, which means we are lowering greenhouse gas emissions on that front as well, just in transportation. And we create way less waste because we're not having to precipitate out impurities, we're putting the impurities back underground. And then as a geophysicist, which is what I am, it's important to us that we're supporting the subsurface aquifers with pressure drive, because if you keep taking from underground, it causes problems with aquifer management and we get things like subsidence and earthquakes and anyway it's it's not good for mother nature <laughs> so we put everything back that we take out almost instantly and so it's just creating a balance underground that wasn't there previously
1: good you know often what people at this stage i think are interested in is the the team and the, you know probably a lot of investors look at the early investors So you just raised, I think, $15 million from a handful of of notable companies, but you mentioned that you previously had raised money, I think, from Capricorn Investment Group. That's right. Yeah. So we, I mean, this is a huge, impressive team at Capricorn. A couple of people, you know, that just jump out to me. I'm not sure if I know how to pronounce it. We've been connected for years. He's written some stuff for us here and there, but Ian Yadigaraglu, very, very, you know, we've communicated off and on for years. It's been, been a while, but he- he really has had great foresight in this industry, really, you know, clear vision long before the market sort of reacted. And then you've got Deepak Ahuya there, who was CFO of Tesla for years and sort of, you know, brought it through key periods. And then there's like a few dozen other people. So, I mean, if this group is investing early and some of the others have invested, I mean, that, that gives a big stamp of, of approval. I mean, I feel like that's that's as good as it can get for an early stage kind of mark of approval. Can you discuss I you know I think it would be just interesting because you have such high you know high improvement figures like these these figures that you're mentioning are are huge. These are major improvements. For those kind of people, those kind of investors, you know, the bigger the the claim the bigger the proof they want, the, the harder it is to believe. Oh, it's yeah. like, okay, oh, great. That sounds great. Goodbye. Because that sounds too extreme for me to believe it. So how did you go about, how did you go about, you know, talking to these different people and early investors and convincing them to be early and not, you know, wait for others to, to give the market approval?
0: Yeah. Capricorn's amazing. They, they're a team of physicists. They're super smart. And I'm a geophysicist. So we speak the same language. I find the technology speaks for itself in a lot of ways, like we have third party validation done. We go deep into due diligence. My tech team is incredible, like it's full of PhD chemists, PhD chemical engineers, mechanical engineers. Our team is incredible. There's 70 of us working on this problem, day and night, and our operations in Chile are 24 seven, and it's working. So but Capricorn invested before all that. So you're onto something here. It was more than just the technology works. What they saw in me and in my team was a, an amazing market. You can't beat the lithium market right now. My passion, my dedication, like I sold my house to start this company and I'm not I'm not going anywhere until it's successful.
1: That's <laughs> so, big that's a big I mean yeah. when you've done that that's a they then people's ears perk up right like oh, this person's yeah. really invested in this. It's not just another pitch.
0: It's not a hobby no it's it's my life's purpose, and many people at my company feel the same way. In fact, I had an employee say to me once that he was chatting with his wife, and they decided that this was the most important thing he would do in his life, his work for summit. And that mentality of the purpose behind what we're doing is really what drives our success. It's what's gotten us to where we are today. It's what's brought investors, high caliber, world-class investors to the company cap table and keeps them coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's sort of that, that was a big part of the early part of the EV revolution, maybe a decade ago, but it feels like that kind of mission, that kind of that kind of position in the, in the, in the revolution is right now, right where you are in the in the lithium and the battery space. So it's not about designing great EVs, which everyone can do now and all the automakers are doing. It's about these, this kind of sec part, part of the sector. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just very curious. We have to move on to the things in a moment, but I'm just very curious then when and where you got your degree in, in geophysics and if, when you were doing that, you were already looking at this market, or it was just like, you were interested in that, you learned about it. And then later on, the doors opened up for for this.
0: Oh, yeah, it's been a journey. I studied geophysics in Calgary. I have another degree from University of Toronto, biology and physics. I didn't, I didn't use that until I invented the technology for Summit, because we modeled our process after the human kidney. And so I pulled on my biological background to design something new and different. Biomimicry is, it's an easy way to look at processes today and say, how can we do these better? Because mother nature has billions of years of of validation that we can draw on. So, but yeah, I studied geophysics at University of Calgary. And then I went into the potash mining sector in Saskatchewan and the oil and gas sector in Alberta. And I worked there for 15 years before I started Summit. And basically I found that the potash and the oil and gas sectors were a breeding ground for me to learn and get neck deep in the problems of extraction and what what they look like and how we can make improvements on them. And so I took everything I learned from those two sectors. And when I started Summit, I came at the technology development from an operator's perspective. Because I know what it's like to be in the field and have equipment not work. <laughs> so I approach the development of the technology from a very robust, uh, very reliable, you know, easy to operate. I'm not I wasn't I wasn't a PhD student coming off a chemistry bench. I was a field operator saying let's solve this problem. And so I think that's a credit to how quickly we've moved in the space and why our technology is being looked at by mining companies as something that is truly, Applicable, something that they can adopt easily because we put a lot of thought into how to do this well.
1: Yeah, it's a very compelling story. If I had a few million dollars, I, I would be ready to hand it over to you. But this is, yeah, so- sounds like great background. I, the biomimicry angle, I mean, that's got to be a great story in itself. Designing it around the, you know, mim- mimicking the human kidney that must be fascinating, long discussion. You could oh, probably yes. teach a course on that, I, I imagine. That <laughs> sounds really interesting. So, I yeah, I, th- I think right now it looks like, you know, you're basically at the kind of proving ground, proving at scale ground and sort of looking how you scale up quickly. I love the the angle you bring in about having the operations background. So, you know, what's important, not just about inventing something it's about, you know, creating something that works in the field. So I guess my question is, where do you see see yourself? What's your vision for like 2030, 2040 Where do you see yourself going from, you know, this, I guess, sort of like, it's like a sprouting stage. So it must be like you're sprouting out of the ground right now.
0: Yeah, we're so we're working with lithium mining companies in South America to get our technology into their sites, so that we can, our fastest path to revenue is to not license the technology to them, but do extraction as a service. So we would provide our equipment and we would either operate or provide the instrumentation and control systems to operate the units and then charge a tolling fee for the for the processing that we do above ground. And in parallel with that, we have a geoscience team at Summit that's out searching for really good assets that would fit perfectly with our technology. So there's lithium deposits out there that are too highly concentrated, and then there are some that are too lowly low. And concentration. And we have this sweet spot in the middle that we really love and that's what we're going after. So it's extremely economic, works well with the technology. Coming from a resource background, I'm not afraid to develop a mine. I, I know how, to, I not only know how to do it, I know who to bring in to do it quickly. So having my own mine site in South America is my vision. So I wanna stand on my own mine someday and say, this is the Summit Nanotech Lithium Mine. But to get there quickly, we have to use the majors and and scale the technology with their support. And then they get to they get to use it too. So ultimately, we want the existing majors using the technology and we'll use it ourselves on our own mind site.
1: That is very awesome. And people are going to love that statement. And I would just one request. I hope when you are standing on your first mind that you will have us there as press to cover it live. (laughs) I would love to cover that as well and be at that mind. But the yeah, so. You know, I sort of, I'll give myself a pat on the back for waiting so long to talk about this. So, you know, there's a big issue with, you know, sort of the the concentration of lithium mining and and processing. I, already, I mean, I already brought it up earlier. It's more yeah. of an issue with processing, I think, than the mining, because we have a lot of lithium extraction in South America and Australia and different places, a little more spread out. But it's still, when we look at the scale that the industry is expected to get to, and we look at you know, just geopolitical issues, I mean, just from the past couple of years, you know, you can see the concerns of having too much concentration of mining or extraction or processing in one place or another, or just a few places. And everyone seems to be leaning toward as much as possible, these should be regionalized industries. So the extraction, the processing, you know, for North Mm -hmm. America should happen as much as possible in North America or Europe, in Europe, Asia, India, Asia, the big stats about China dominating are, you know, they make you think of OPEC or something because of how concentrated it is. But also China's the more than half of the global EV market right now. So it's actually mm-hmm. the 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 concentration of mining and process or processing matches almost the concentration of sales as well. So it's so I'm just curious, you know, the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 is very heavily focused on trying to bring to the u.s especially to, to north america i know you're canadian so i gotta be careful how i'm phrasing it but <laughs> but okay. uh, i mean it's to bring more to the region the, the these this part of the industry what's your vision for your own company for how you spread out do you like do you look to put operations on every continent except for antarctica or or mm-hmm. are you focused on just right now these markets that you're in and Going yeah,
0: we've, we've analyzed the deposits in other countries and like in Europe or Africa. And we like South America the best. That's our favorite. But we want to have a supply chain that goes from South to North America. Luckily, there's a free trade agreement between Chile and the USA. And so we would qualify for the Biden dollars that are being handed out for our subsidies, which is great. And so We want to stay domesticated as much as possible between South and North America. We also want to develop assets in the USA, and I mentioned earlier doing clay extraction. So so we'll be able to feed into the lithium hydroxide marketplace with USA-based assets, and then we'll be able to feed into the lithium carbonate market with our South American assets.
1: And you see huge potential for growth just in those markets, yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Great. Well, I think that's it. I mean, uh, any final questions? I mean, there's, uh, of course, I would, I would take your course on the kidney. <laughs> but yeah, are there any final things that we didn't talk about, or we didn't emphasize enough that you'd like to, to, to touch on?
0: Well, just the kidney idea didn't work very well in the field. So we actually backpedaled to something different. But so, yeah, Uh, As a CEO, sometimes your greatest strength is admitting when something doesn't work. So, but we did use the the philosophy of the kidney to create the the technology that we're we're using today. And it's like a gen five technology. Like we've changed it and changed it and changed it. Never fall in love with your first idea (laughs) is the moral of the story. But yeah, it's been a hoot. I love the lithium space. You know, oil and gas was a great breeding ground for learning. But ultimately, it was flatlining, and I wanted to be on a different path—one that was exciting and ramping up and, and growing exponentially. And so, I feel like five years ago, I chose well when I started this company.
1: Yeah, it seems like most of the battery people I talked to come from oil and gas. I mean, it was, I mean, awesome. you know, you have that, that core background in geophysics or something you know similar, and, and then you s- people see the writing on the wall or or have you know a sustainability focus. It's it's clear you had a strong sustainability focus. When I I guess just as a final, final question, when did that originate and how did that sort of drive your your determination to start to come up with this, to start the company, to sell your house, to <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, the sustainability focus, it's always been in the core. Like I think every human wants to have a good planet to live on. Like no one's trying to destroy it. So I think we inevitably all want the same thing. But for me, quitting my job in oil and gas, it was two quick things like Desmond Tutu made a comment, shame on you, Canada, for having oil sands. And that was kind of like, wow, I really respect that person. So the fact that he just said that means a lot to me. And then secondly, I was in Tibet and saw a monk pull at the top of a mountain in a monastery and saw a monk pull a cell phone out of his robe. And it kind of just blew my mind. And I knew I wanted to be on the path of lithium and So quitting my job seemed like something I couldn't not do.
1: Well, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for interviewing with Clean Technica. Uh, Listeners, if you enjoyed this discussion, enjoy Clean Tech Talk, please remember to subscribe and like on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, wherever you're listening to this right now. We appreciate the support. It helps us to do more high-quality interviews with CEO founders like Amanda Hall from summit nanotech i keep pausing because i i'm i'm not sure if i'm uh reversing the order of the, yeah. the summit nanotech not nanotech summit it was summit right. nanotech <laughs> that's
0: right summit first <laughs> yes.
1: thank awesome. you very much exactly. have a yeah, good day
0: appreciate it you too bye-bye thank you for listening to clean tech talk join us next time to get your electric fix